This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 100 of the Dressage Radio Show, brought to you by Equifit, Equestrian Collections, and Kentucky Performance Products. I'm Chris Stafford, and our special guest this week is Courtney King-Dye. Courtney, welcome. Welcome back, I should say, to the Dressage Radio Show. Thank you very much. Good to be back. Yeah, it's good to have you back. You know, you've been on a couple of times now, but we were looking forward to this week and making this episode all about your story, because I know... You were very keen and very ready to come on to the radio show to tell us exactly your journey as it really has been, hasn't it? It's been a huge journey for you. So do you want to start, Courtney, to take us back what is now over 12 months since your accident? Yeah. Um, Well, I usually would on my horses, like the young ones and the ones I was worried about, I rode in the helmet. So this horse, I usually rode in the helmet because he was six years old. And this day was late, and I was in the work to go to the horse show, and the horse never did anything naughty before, so I didn't bother to go get my helmet. And so when I was on him, he didn't do anything naughty, he just tripped and fell on me. So um, it goes to show the unexpected has to be expected. He, and um, I didn't fall off. We have a video of it, and he just tripped and fell. So I felt sorry for the horse because he was traumatized. He was uh, yes, I'm sure he was traumatized as as well. Do do you actually remember anything of it, or when you see the video, does does that then bring back a memory of the accident itself, Courtney? No, I don't remember from three days before. And that day, one of my horses' owners that they had him for two years and then never even seen them before and they came that day to watch them and I don't even remember that. So your first memories then, what time during your recovery, because you were in a coma of course for a very long time, we got updates from your good friend Lendon Gray who of course is a good friend of the Dressage Radio Show too, Courtney. Uh, do you remember her visits to you in those early days? Um, well, I don't remember anything from when I was in a coma for a month. But then after I really gradually came out of it, I didn't just one day wake up like and remember. Like, it was a very gradual process. So... I think maybe my memory started to come back a little bit after six weeks. And at first, there were certain things 
I didn't remember all, like my brother's wedding and the World Cup, and they just gradually came back. And also, when I was in a coma, I had a dream about myth, and when I came out, Jason said, I asked about myth, and I thought he was alive. I didn't remember he was dead. So I feel really sorry for Jason having to relive the whole thing again. That, of course, is Methilius you're referencing there, Courtney, one of your Grand Prix horses. And your good husband, Jason, who was with you, continues to be by your side through all of this. And we're going to hear from Jason a little bit later on in the show. But first of all, uh, Courtney, I'm sure our audience around the world who have been following your story day by day, and of course you know that you now have fans everywhere around the world. It's been an amazing response to your tragedy, but the support that you've got from it has been enormous. And I'm sure everyone will want to know, how are you now? Well, I'm getting a little bit better every day but nothing is dramatic. So I kind of, like, I thought I'd come to Florida and be independent and be driving and showing by the end. And now when they first told me it would be a long time, I figured, like, about two months, and that was a long time to me. Now I realize that a long time is not months, it's years. So I said that um, I won't be able to go for the 2012 games, but I plan to be competitive by the 2016 games. So now, like, I still need help walking, and obviously must speech isn't great, so um, I'm still not I'm very much improved from where I was a year ago. It's much better than sleeping, but I'm still, mm-hmm. like, not even close to normal. And you're having regular therapy now. You continue to have physical therapy, speech therapy, and, and all of these things on a regular basis, do you, Courtney? Yes, I have speech and occupational therapy and physical therapy three times a week, and one time aqua therapy and three times hypotherapy. And I have a treadmill that I go on at home. and. I do pottery, so I'm pretty full on trying to get better. Well, it's a very intense program of therapy here, and I want to talk to you a little bit more about that because I know horses are involved in that therapy. But let's just take a short break, Courtney, to hear from one of our sponsors here on the show, and that's KPP, Kentucky Performance Products, because when horsemen were asked what they were looking for in a nutritional supplement, the answer was easy, one that's affordable, effective, and scientifically proven. Kentucky Performance Products heard that message and developed supplements that meet those needs. All of their supplements, from Nalox, Equine Antacid, to Summer Games Electrolytes and Joint Armor, are formulated based on sound research. 
The important thing is that you can count on them to deliver results and they're affordable. So to choose the right KPP supplement for your horse, visit kppusa.com or call 1-800-772-1988. And to learn more about horse nutrition and interact with the KPP experts, be sure to visit their Facebook page. Well, Courtney, you explained all the different forms of therapy that you're having now, which sounds like a pretty intense program, something every day. Tell us a little bit about those. And you mentioned hippotherapy and aquatherapy. Does that mean you have to get in the pool on a regular basis? And, and, and how does that feel? Yes, I get in the pool once a week. And I do so like walking in the pool walking backward, working sideways, like doing splits with loose on the moms. So it feels good because I'm comfortable in the water, but if no one were there to help me, I just go around in circles. <laughs> because my left arm would work and my right one won't. And I do hypotherapy, and um, I go to Vince Ramos once a week, and I ride a horse called Tommy, which I absolutely adore. And I'm really, like, I think the people at Vince Ramos are perfect. They're so nice and knowledgeable. I'm so impressed. And we just... There's a horse that falls with me who's very quiet. So I had the people from Vince Ramos come out and see if she'd be a good therapy horse for me. And she was wonderful. So I've gone two times and ridden her too. So when we go back up north, they taught my grooms and um, working students how to do it, like lead me and stuff, and I know the exercises to do. So when we go back up north, I still be able to ride three times a week. So that makes me very happy emotionally, as well as being good physical therapy. Well, you mentioned when you go back up north, That's right now you're in Florida still, are you, in Wellington? Yeah, yeah. And soon soon it'll be too hot for you down there, Courtney, so you'll uh, have to go and cool off in the north. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, where Where is home? Tell our listeners where home is in the north. Um, my barn is in Melbourne, New York. Sorry, Melbourne, New York. New York. Okay. So you're big, close to the Big Apple. And how many horses do you have at the moment down in Wellington that will go back to, to New York with you? Um, I think um, I, I have, well, I have 10 down here. And I think when I go back up, I have 13. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about your horses in the barn a little bit later on, but I just want to come back to the therapy that you were doing. And when you got on a horse again, Courtney, I know obviously this was emotionally a huge help to you and, and, well, physically, emotionally in so many ways, I'm sure. Was this something that you picked up 
as part of muscle memory, or was it a very conscious thing when you got back on the horse? How how did that feel to you? Well, um, I'm still not very good, <laughs> uh, but um, know what we tried to um, tap into was muscle memory. So who knows what my muscles remember? I know when I was in a coma down here, London brought in a rain for me, and Jason was still trying to get me to communicate, and here's London teaching me to follow. So um, he was very impressed with that work. So who knows how much muscle memory comes into play, but um, I um, I have to really think about everything. That must have been quite a discipline for you because, as you said, the muscle memory would be there and handling something like a pair of reins, which is so familiar to you, it must have been an extraordinary journey for you just that making that connection again and as part of the therapy but also as part of your emotional healing I'm sure yeah I'm really glad like I started table therapy up north as soon as I could be on my feet and I'm so glad I started so early because I wasn't afraid of the horse at all and I think if I waited till now, I'd be terrified. <laughs> so now that I've done it plenty of times, I had no fear. But if I waited till now and didn't do it, I'd be scared. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that time lapse would have made that difference to you psychologically, Courtney? Do Do you have any? sense of reasoning behind that? I think I'm just more cognizant. So because I'm kind of more aware and I had more time to think and process, like it built up. So in the beginning, I just wanted to be around horses. I didn't have time to think of what could happen now I have to have time to think of all the dangers. And at first, I didn't think I'd ride again because my, when I asked my neurologist, he said, yeah, you can ride again, but if you hit your head, it will be not two times as hard to come back, but five times as hard to come back. And it wasn't easy this time. So I thought, um, I won't write again. And I have a mind degree from Columbia in case anything ever happened. And so I thought, okay, now I use a degree. And then I thought a few hours about what else I would do. And I think after a couple of days, I realized there's nothing else I want to do. So I Drop on the hammer and go. And do you have any apprehension at all about being round horses? You said that you are still having difficulty with your walking. 
so that obviously it c- could be a hindrance or when you're around the barn if you needed to move away from a horse quickly but does any of that come into your psyche now and thinking of, of being of anticipating and being cautious around horses or does do your instincts take over no we're um we're always really careful so i never worried like we're always very careful and because I will hold my right hand funny when they go up and pat the horses, they always think I have a treat in righty. So we're worried that righty's gonna get bitten. <laughs> but so far, so good. <laughs> so, which side is it that you still have that disability, Courtney? On my right side, my left side of my brain. Take the impact, which is best for my whole brain, but the left side was more injured, so my right side is not good. And as part of your therapy, do you do any form of art? I know art has often been used for therapy or or to get you to do any writing. Is that a possibility now, or is that in the future? Um, I do, well... I practice writing with Reiki and but I'm drawing with him and stuff that is good for motor that's familiar familiar but I also have started summoning my artist friend Jackie say she recommended I do pottery which I've never done. So I do a lot of pottery work, like it's both hands at once, and um, stimulating your creative part of your brain. So it's fun, and also it's part of the therapy. So is the family kitchen now full of little pots and saucers and pans and things things that you have made? Are you developing your own pottery collection now? Can we expect you to be selling this on your website anytime soon, Courtney? Yes, I'll sell to on eBay, but um, they're mostly up here now. I make them as presents for people. So I don't keep any, make any for me, but I make them as gifts because as, um, I appreciate so much what some people have done for me and I can't repay them anyway, so I just make them pottery. Well, what a wonderful way of giving back. And we want to, of course, talk about your horses, Courtney, who you have now. And I know that you have your assistant trainer taking care of them, Jennifer Marchand. We want to hear about that in just a second. But let's just uh, hear about one of our sponsors here on the Dressage Radio Show, and that is Equisketch. They're a great new company dedicated to providing the best mobile apps for every rider. Each app has been designed to be used for riders of all ages and all levels of experience. With Equisketch Dressage, you can replace your dressage paper or dry erase boards and begin learning all your dressage tests on your iPhone or iPad. The Equisketch board allows you to study in a flashcard style by hiding the step instructions while visualizing your location in the arena. 
Everest test can be also be viewed in a written format and later shared with your dressage students or fellow riders. Equisketch Records allows you to manage all your horses and shows on the go. Track every medication, vet visit, dental exam, farrier work and more, complete with built-in reminders. Equisketch has some of the best-selling equestrian apps on the iTunes App Store, which have already been purchased in over 35 countries. They're available for the iPhone, iPad and iPod Touch. So visit equisketch.com slash hrn for more information or search Equisketch in iTunes. Equisketch is dedicated to making your equestrian life mobile, one app at a time. Well, I'm with Courtney King Dye, my special guest this week. Courtney, I have to ask you, are you into this technology? Are you, you, do you have an iPhone? Do you play with computers? Is this, is this something that you enjoy doing, or is it part of your therapy too? Well, I like writing, but um, one of my friends gave me an iPad because maybe it would be easier to use with Lefty because with the old one, I was making very good friends with the delete button. So the iPad is much easier to use with Lefty. And my husband loves it because it's good with the internet too. So we both use it and we plan to get the new one and have me have the new one and him have the old one. Well, that sounds about right. You to have the new one with all the new toys as well. Of course, uh, there are so many apps there that are fun for any rider and that of course is one of them there that from uh, Equisketch uh, some great apps there for you to remember and learn the dressage tests when you get to that point Courtney in your rehabilitation but let's talk about the horses that you have you said you have several horses down there in Wellington Florida that will travel back up north to upstate New York when you're ready um, and Jennifer Marchand is your assistant trainer there taking care of them and has been, I think, throughout this past year. Tell us about the horses that you have. Um, I have two young ones, well, now six and seven, that um, I got when they were three, and um, I hope to have the future showing them, and we have... Uh, for Jan and um, several others that have been with me long term. So Jan wears them and trains them and um, she's doing a great job and I'm so happy to still be overseeing their training. Hopefully they'll be ready when I'm ready. <laughs> so how much time do you spend in the barn now visiting? Do you visit visit them each day as your schedule allows? No, because before I was going out and teaching every day like six or eight horses. But after I had the seizure, I realized I needed to back off. And I wasn't willing to give up any therapies, so I go to the barn to teach once a week. And I teach maybe eight horses. And um, now I go three times a week, and two of the times I just ride the horse Roxy. 
and one time I read her, and then she's my students. So you're keeping very, very busy with that and with all the other activities. I know that you also had a nice vacation recently, didn't you, in New Zealand too? Yes, it was perfect. Like, uh, it was really good for me to have to relax for a while. But then when I was done with the vacation, I was really ready to get back nose back to the grandstone. <laughs> so uh, back in full swing here. Well, I know that uh, your partner, your husband, Jason, has been uh, the rock beside you throughout all this. And so we really wanted to have him come on the show. So let's hear from Jason. Let's get him on the line. Hello, Jason. This is Chris Stafford, and I have your wife, Courtney, on the Dressage Radio Show. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. Hi, babe. Hi, Court- Courtney. Can you oh, hear Jason? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were babe. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jason, we were in conversation here, of course, with Courtney, the first time that she has come on the show to tell her story, and you've been such a major part of that. And watching her progress now to the point that you're confident to leave her in Florida while you go back to your day job. Yeah, you know, someone someone's gotta keep the keep the money coming in, unfortunately. I wish I could be with her but uh, she's got a great um great support team down there in Florida and they're they're doing a super job looking after her. And you of course have been an enormous support throughout all this, Jason. When you look back on those last twelve months do you pick out any particular milestones in that journey that that are very vivid to you now or is it just a process that you've been been through with Courtney yeah I think it's it's very much a process um you know the 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 the, uh, progress has been very very steady throughout um I mean there was definitely the the first um the first time that it was very clear that she was um, out of the coma, even though she she came out of the coma very slowly, but the first time there was really some true human interaction, um, which was her basically making a joke uh, about what she was going to name a uh, stuffed miniature dachshund that was given <laughs> to her. Um, and the joke was made on a letterboard because she couldn't speak at the time, so it was <laughs> it was a process. Um, but that that stands out to me a lot because that was the first moment that I knew Courtney was back. And during all this time, of course, you you, you had to give up your job, I guess, to be with her down there in Florida for the, for the initial time, and then she was transferred, of course, closer to home. That must have been very challenging in terms of all the rest of your responsibilities too, it, it, a complete life-changing period, of course, in your life as well as in Courtney's. Yeah, without question. I mean, the challenge was just getting through through the task at hand. Um, the focus, you know, my, my company was very supportive and they let me take the time off um, while she was down in Florida. And, you know, at that point, um, the way that I got through it best I could was just to focus on, on Courtney's well-being. Um, so that was just 100% where, where I was mentally. Courtney, were you aware that Jason was with you so much of this where, where at what point what did you realize that he was by your side the whole time well to me it just seemed normal 
when I was awake and he was there, it just seemed normal. I didn't learn until afterward that he was with me so much. And even though I don't remember it, and it doesn't like affect me when I'm awake, I'm sure that the love he showed really helped me in the coma. So I may not remember it, but I'm sure I thought that. Well, Jason, of course, during the time that Courtney was in that coma, there was an enormous and continues to be, of course, but most impactful at that time was the response from not just the dressage community and friends and family, obviously, but around the world, people who didn't know Courtney but knew the name and were struck by this accident in the way that it could happen to anyone. And you, of course, filtered through all, went through all that mail and and the well-wishers. That must have been pretty overwhelming and emotional to see that response. Yeah, it was a, the response was truly amazing. Um, it was definitely something that I knew Courtney would appreciate. Um, and, I, you know, I'm sure that she felt it. People were reading emails and, and cards and things to her when she was in the coma. And uh, then to wake up and, and you know, see the response firsthand with the, the number of cards, the number of emails, and the, just the, the constant support from the entire community, um, Definitely was was very very impressive. I I personally couldn't go through all of that myself. There was a lot of people helping to um, to put that together. Now, how have you saved all this material, uh, the cards and the, the well, all of those gifts? And do you have them all in one place? I mean, how how are you storing them now? Because there must be so much material. Yeah, we've uh, yeah, and we've been moving a lot. You know, you go you sort of. Do, do you had it all stored in her room at the hospital and then um, at Kessler. Then we moved to the hotel and and they all went with her there. And then, uh, but right now they're just basically uh, in storage here at our house. Um, at some point, but we'll. I wonder if Jason's friends came over from New Zealand or now down here in their coma and he made cheese, huge bundles with pictures of me on the front, and he um, printed all the emails and put them in the binders. So when I came to, I had two huge binders of emails to go through, which, uh, like, I can express how much helped me. Like, I spent weeks reading the emails all like to get the demo, and it was so touching. An enormous response, which of course must have helped you emotionally and spiritually on this journey to both of you. But Jason, knowing your wife the way you did before the accident and watching her through this journey now, is there any of this that surprised you in her determination to come back to where she was before and the journey that she's taking and the determination and strife that this is involving? No, quite frankly, it's, uh, you know, it's it's kind of expected of Courtney, as amazing as it is, it's, when you know her as well as I do, you, you kind of expect that sort of determination and drive and obviously we didn't know how she was going to 
come out of the coma and if it would still be there. But you know, once we realised she she was coming back pretty much as she was mentally, then there, there was no question that um, she was going to be driven and focused. And uh, you know, what's amazed me is there's the great sense of humour she's had throughout as well, and just the, the minimal frustration that she's shown given the circumstances. Uh, it's all it's all very very impressive. Courtney, when you look back on the journey of the past year, does any of that at any time make you think, gosh, this is awfully hard work. I don't know if I've got the, the patience, the determination, do you know, to to get even further than you were before. I mean, that is a huge human effort, but you've never questioned yourself. No, I never questioned myself when um, everyone said, um, like, um, how impressive it was that I always did everything to get better. And that was just like, um, how can you not do everything to get better? You want to get better, so you do everything you can. And then when, when I saw Miss and Rendezvous graves, I got very sad for the first time, and um, I thought for the first time I'm sick of working on myself all the time. Like, I'm tired of having to work on myself all the time, and that lasted a good um, three hours. Well, Jason, now that Courtney has come as far as she has, is that there... That a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Jason... You laugh. <laughs> I, I wonder, Jason, if you now, at this point, watching Courtney's progress, is there anything that surprises you? Or if you just think this is just this is Courtney and there's totally she's unstoppable and and nothing's going to surprise me now what happens from here on yeah I think it's kind of it's a little hard to be shocked um having you know having spent the last sort of 10 years with Courtney um seeing her focus and determination that that did get her as, as high as it did in the sport it's 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 the same thing. She's applying it to a completely different set of circumstances. She's applying it to you know, getting herself better and and um, healing and and recovering. But it's the same focus and determination that that she applied to uh, to reaching the Olympics. Well, we are going to talk a little bit more to Courtney about some other things that are happening as a result of all this after our next commercial. And I know that you have to go back to work, Jason. So I want to give you the opportunity on the show now to extend any message to the people that have been following Courtney and your story over the last year. Uh, yeah, I definitely would just like to say you know, thank you very much to the entire horse community for for all the outpouring of support, um, financial, emotional, otherwise. Um, Courtney's family and friends have been a tower of support. Her her clients and the team at the barn, um, just just everyone's pulled together uh, to make it a lot easier than than it, than it should be, really. So I, I definitely would like to say thank you to everyone. And, um, Courtney, I love you very much. I love you too, Annie. 
Well, Jason, thank you very much for taking time out to join us in conversation today. And uh, we're going to be back with a commercial and then some more conversation with Courtney. So thanks again, Jason. Thank you. Well, as I said, Courtney, we're going to take a break to hear from one of our sponsors here on the show, Equestrian Collections, because it's that time of the year um, where people are getting out their show clothes and getting back into the arena. And, uh, of course, many riders that started their riding in other disciplines migrate towards dressage as they mature as riders. Physically, emotionally and intellectually, dressage becomes more attractive. And at every stage in their life, riders are looking to wear appropriate apparel that has often been designed specifically for the sport. Style and functionality are important, as is a certain level of attention to detail and quality. For this reason, there is no better choice than to shop at Equestrian Collections. Their selection is unmatched with the best names in riding attire. For all your riding and stable choices, be sure to visit equestriancollections.com. Well, I'm back with my special guest this week, Courtney King Dye. Are we calling you Courtney Dye now? As uh, Because people, are, I guess, are so used to calling you Courtney King Dye, Courtney. Well, my name uh, on my passport is Courtney Dye, but um, people call me Courtney King Dye, so that works as well. Okay. Well, as I said, I want to just talk about some of the things that have happened since your accident, that it has raised awareness about the use of helmets, of course, and a lot of people have referenced you in this way and in a way that they are now using a helmet and they have known people that have been saved from serious injury themselves because they are now wearing a helmet and they use your accident as as the reference and a turning point in their own um, principles, if you will, of making sure that there are always helmets worn when they're on a horse. And I know Riders for Helmets is one campaign. There are so many people that are moving towards this. It's becoming a cha- it's become a change in the rules in this sport in this country, of course, both by the U.S. Equestrian Federation, the U.S. Dressage Federation. Would you, Courtney, wish this to be the legacy of, that is so often said, something good has become of a tragic accident that infect, affected yeah. you? Well, I really love what Lauren Samus said in Nancy Jaffer's article. If um, people don't wear helmets, then my accident is just a tragedy. So, because um, people are wearing helmets and there's um, a positive reaction to it, it makes my accident seems seem like there's a point. So it makes me feel good because it um it takes a very good rider, known rider to be injured and to make safety uh uh um um I um I paid attention to and I can handle it because I'm strong enough and I'll be fine anyway. So um, why not me? Um, I'm just glad that 
I made other body safety conscious because I'm just proof that the unexpected has to be expected. My horse didn't do anything wrong. I didn't fall off. I, didn't, I was a good rider and I still got a brain injury. So you just have to be as safe as you can. Courtney, you will be aware, of course, that there are still riders, top riders, very accomplished riders, that are resisting wearing a helmet for the reasons of fashion or just personal preference. What would you say to these people, as good as they may be as riders, because they, like you, are are role models for the younger generation and to set an example. So what would you say to these colleagues, friends that resist wearing a helmet, despite what you've gone through? I wouldn't say anything to them because I'm not just mental, but I just think that making a rule is good, so they have to without making their choice to because... um, Every every rider is a role model, whether they know or not. People are watching, and they're responsible for more than just them and their loved ones. So uh, if what they do impacts people, what other people do, then they should set a positive example, which is wearing a helmet. So... I I don't um I don't say it or judge them personally, but I just think it would be really great if it were made wool and we didn't have a choice. Well, certainly I think there certainly is a tra- change in trends, Courtney, since your accident, your accident, and uh, that has brought about the change in the rules as well and a change in the fashion trends too, that it is becoming more common practice for more people than it used to be to put on a helmet whenever they're getting on a horse. And I know that, as I mentioned, one of those campaigns has been Riders for Helmets, and they are actually actually holding a fundraising for you to raise money for you to help with your medical costs, which are, of course, ongoing. Tell us about that project. Well, on my insurance, they stopped paying because I already used up all my therapy that they would pay for. So because I still have a couple years of therapy, Brothers for Homeless is doing a fundraiser, which I think is a great idea. It's called Give Up a Treat, and the idea is that um, anyone gives up one treat a week. It may be a latte or a Coke, one treat a week and donate the money to my medical fund, which I think is a great idea because it also makes me feel like less of a burden. I hate asking for money, so this is... Uh, it makes me feel okay about it, and I, I'm, I just am 
so grateful that Sharon Parker came up with the idea and led us for how much Lindsay White is making it happen. So um, they're trying to work out how to use PayPal, but they said right now the best thing is to just send a check-in to the medical trust because PayPal so far what they found is that um, they, they take tax out of it. So a chunk of your donation would go to the government. So they're trying to find a way that is tax-free. Well, we will, of course, put a link on our website, Courtney, to their link for this fundraising effort. Give oh, up a treat yeah. on yeah. Riders. Yeah. You absolutely, ridersforhelmets.com. Well, Courtney, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us this week and telling your journey, your story. It's been an enormous inspirational journey to so many people. And we want to wish you all the very, very best with your continued recovery, rehabilitation and return to the saddle and no doubt in a competitive way before much longer. Thank you, Chris. Well, again, I want to remind you that you can follow all the links of to both our sponsors. Again, our thanks to those who support this show and to Riders for Helmets and to Courtney's own website, all on our website at dressageradio.com. And we are celebrating our 100th episode here on the show, so I want to thank all of you around the world for the tremendous support that you've given us here on the show over 100 episodes and what better way to celebrate than this episode with Courtney so uh, I hope you've enjoyed this as I've enjoyed talking to Courtney I will of course be back the same time same place next week so until then thank you all for listening (music) 